Two things briefly to share with you. Carolyn Lindsay is here. Carolyn, wave your hand so they'll know who you are. Carolyn's going to offer what I think is a wonderful gift for you to experience the beauty and the story behind these stained glass windows. That'll be next Sunday, right after this service and right after the 11 o'clock service. Carolyn is one of our docents who knows these windows well, and it's quite a magnificent story. So if you have some time following the services next week, I invite you to join Carolyn right here in the sanctuary. The other thing I wanted to say to you is thank you. Uh, Last Sunday was overwhelming in the best way for my family and myself. It was quite an event, three hours. I figured you could probably say anything worthwhile in about, you know, 10 or 15 minutes. But they kept going on and on and on. And after a while, it was just, I was numb. I I never knew. I didn't remember half those stories. I don't think that that's where I live. I'm always moving on to where's the next need? Who needs to know the love of Christ? But it was uh, quite, it was humbling. And we are very, very grateful for that. My wife and I and the kids were just so deeply touched by what you have done and continue to do. I'm going to be with you all the way to December 31st. I'm going to be doing what pastors do, visiting, getting ready for anything that I can to help that transition easy for you. But it is with joy that I do that. And I think last Sunday was one of those times that I was reminded of why I said yes to that call. Today, though, we look at a very, very powerful word. It is a word from Scripture called transformation. I don't know if you know this story, but in 1949... The congregation of this church made the move from their downtown location on Kentucky Avenue to this property, the property that we have today. And, of course, a few years later, they built this beautiful sanctuary. It was completed in 1955. It's still very much used by us. But the land here, when they came, was rough. It was overgrown. There was an orange grove occupying the eastern portion of our property parking lot in the back where the gym and the youth buildings are. That was all orange grove. So we can say that out of a rut, rough patch of ground, beauty was created. And of course, when you stand out there, you see the transformation was stunning. And to this day, we enjoy the setting here on Lake Morton. Apparently, this setting, this beauty has inspired many. One woman who lived in this neighborhood as this was being built loved to walk the lake every day. And, of course, she saw the sanctuary coming up and being completed, and it really inspired her artistic talents. She took an ordinary piece of bamboo, carved it, and then painted it, with the central focus being the sanctuary. That was 1956, 66 years ago that she did this. What I want you to hear is she took a plain, ordinary piece of bamboo, and out of it was formed a beautiful piece of art. Here's that piece of art. I want to show you a picture. And I want to show you the real thing. It's amazing. When you look at it, you see the beauty of the sanctuary reflected in the water here. I'm just amazed at what she did. And the land we sit on, like thousands of lakeside properties at that time, was ordinary, but it was transformed through the vision and the work of this congregation, the 1950s congregation, I should say. 
And that transformation, if you ever pay attention, has inspired countless pieces of art and photos. I see them all the time. I saw a painting the other day somewhere around town. It was, I think, at the Garden Bistro. We were having lunch there, and there was a painting of our church someone had done and had for sale. It is still inspiring. Transformation is very powerful. In 2001, you remember well, the United States and its allies invaded Afghanistan. There to topple the Taliban government, the invasion aims were to dismantle al-Qaeda, which, of course, had done that awful thing of attacking the United States, the World Trade Center, the Pentagon. Afghanistan had for many years, though, been the center of increasing conflict. Again and again it was invaded. It was a site of continuous war. So when the United States invaded, the country had not fully recovered from the Soviet-Afghan war. That was fought from 1979 to 1989. When American troops arrived in 2001, the detritus of that earlier war with Russia was everywhere. One of the American soldiers who was deployed was Keith Johnson. I knew Keith well. He was a member of my church when I served in Fort Pierce, Florida. Keith was with the Florida Army National Guard's 3rd Battalion, specifically with the 265th Air Defense Artillery Regiment. That's a mouthful, but Keith was a soldier in Afghanistan. His unit had been called to duty, and when Keith returned from deployment, he brought me a gift. He explained that when the Russians left Afghanistan, they left behind a lot of military equipment. But there were piles and piles and piles of artillery shell casings, you know, the casings that hold the gunpowder to fire those projectiles. But in the wake of that, a cottage industry had sprung up. Families would send their children to collect the shell casings. They would bring them home, and it was often the fathers that would rework them, reshaping, intricately de decorating those artillery shell casings. The gift that Keith gave me was one of those that had been made into a cup. Keith handed me the cup. And he said, this was once a weapon of war. It was designed to destroy life, but it's been transformed into a cup which holds water, which, as Keith said, is designed to preserve and sustain life. Here's the cup that Keith gave me. Remember, this was once an artillery shell casing. You can see the markings on the bottom, but it was stretched and decorated, so it became a cup. Amazing gifts given to me. Amazing symbols of transformation. So today, as we approach Christmas, we're talking about hope, one of God's great gifts to the world. Hope, we know, is found in the birth of Jesus Christ, who is the light of the world, the Savior of all who have walked in darkness. And as Andy said, darkness is still there. But that light is pushing through it. Darkness is one of those things that grabs hold of us whenever possible. I saw that happen to Steve. Steve fell into the darkness of addiction. About 20 years ago, he and his wife came to see me. 
They had been attending the church that I was serving. And, I mean, just to look at them, by all outward appearances, everything seemed to be fine. But in my office, I heard a very different story. Steve's wife described her husband's addiction to alcohol. His binges, the evenings and weekends consumed by a drunken lifestyle. Steve was killing himself. And he had already lost the respect of his wife and his two sons. He admitted that the booze that had been found hidden behind the refrigerator and the AC duct, even in the light fixture, were his. He spoke about wanting to stop. I really would like to stop, he said, but he said, I can't find the strength. So his wife was there with me as a witness to tell her husband that she was going to take the kids and leave him, that it was over. Enough, she said. I certainly understood her pain, the loss of their relationship, but I also believed in the power of God to transform. Steve, his wife, and I talked for quite a while. I told Steve about a man named Saul. Saul, I told him, was somebody that wanted to control things. He wanted to destroy and hurt those who believed differently. I told him how God got hold of Saul, transformed him, and made him new. I said, Steve, God even gave him a new name, Paul. And Paul, I told Steve, wrote about transformation. Here's part of what he wrote from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Steve, I said, God's talking about you. This is your story, Steve. For if you will give yourself to Jesus, you become a new person. I want that, Steve said. So we talked, not just then, but many times. We prayed together. We asked God to create a new person, one free from addiction. That day was the last day Steve took a drink of alcohol. He's now a United Methodist pastor. You see the picture of him back at the time when I was talking to him and the picture of him now as a pastor with his acolytes. He's serving in North Carolina. He's finished seminary. His wife, his grown sons, they love and they respect him. Steve worked hard to become sober. But it was when he gave himself completely to Christ and embraced the hope which God offers each of us that Steve found new life taking root. I want you to hear Steve was transformed. So here it is, nearly Christmas. It's a time when we are thinking about gifts. Gifts we give, gifts we'll receive. And on Christmas Eve, we're going to come right here and celebrate the greatest of all gifts, the gift which God gave the world. The time when God became one of us, came to live among us, and to show us the deep reality of God's love for all persons, for me, for you, for Steve, for the whole world. This is a story of love, but don't let it just be a story, because it's not there just for, you know, bedtime reading. 
our Sunday school sharing. You see, God intends for this incarnation to be a life-changing reality. God intends to transform us, to make us new persons, to give us hope, love, and life. So we call this sermon series A Thrill of Hope. And each week we're looking at a word that that hope brings. Today it is transformation. But I want you to pay attention to the title of the series. Its name comes from an old Christmas carol, O Holy Night. It actually, originally, was a poem, a French-language poem by the poet Placide Capot. He wrote that poem in 1843. And four years later, Adolphe Adam set it to music. And eventually, it was translated into English, given to us. You'll hear it this afternoon in the Sights and Sounds concert. But I want to share with you that first stanza. O holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining. Till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. That line grabbed me this week. He appeared, and the soul felt its worth. I read that again and again because that phrase captures beautifully what happens when we are in Christ. Our very soul finds worth, hope, mercy, dignity, purpose, love. And that brings transformation. Years ago, I went with a youth group, another church, another youth group, and I went with them to camp. I did that over and over and over again through the years. One of the campers there was a senior high student named Amanda. Amanda was a bright, beautiful, very kind young lady. But she had a secret. And that secret was killing her. Amanda had an eating disorder. She hated seeing herself in the mirror. And she was slowly destroying herself by purging and by eating as little as possible. That week, several of us figured out, while we were at camp, that Amanda was doing this. So Amanda and I talked. I can remember well going into the camp office with Amanda right after lunch, right after she had finished purging, and we talked. Out of that conversation, as we talked honestly, I called her parents. They needed to know that their daughter was struggling. They were loving. They were responsive. They were devastated. My conversation, though, with Amanda centered on the importance of seeing ourselves as God sees us, that is, through the eyes of love. In other words, I wanted Amanda's soul to find its worth. Amanda cried as we spoke about her self-loathing and how she figured nobody could love her. So I gently shared the story of God's love, sharing some of those wonderful stories from Scripture about others who hated themselves but found healing with Jesus. Amanda, I said, you can be a new person if you're willing to let God help you. And she said, quite honestly, I'm afraid, but I want that. 
We prayed, talked often for that help. We prayed for that love, talked about the new life, which all began with a conversation on a hot midsummer day at the youth camp. And you know what? Amanda found love. She found understanding with her family and the youth group. She began seeing an excellent counselor. And today, Amanda is happily married with two children. She is loved, and she loves her life. Do you know what happened to Amanda? She was transformed. And that's the point. Because if Christ can make Amanda or Steve new, God can do the same for us. We too can be transformed. Hope is restored and we find love when that transformation takes place. And I imagine for every one of us, the need is to some degree the same. To let go of the old life and to realize that our soul has worth. So my prayer for you today is that you will experience the power of transformation where the old life is gone and new life has begun. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for that supernatural power that goes well beyond our understanding but brings us a peace that gives our soul worth that speaks that powerful message of your love for us and transforms us. May we experience the power of that transformation again and again as you come to live among us, to live in us, and to live through us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Following the benediction, I'm going to bring these, put them on the back there for you because I know you'll want to see them. They're incredible. An ordinary piece of bamboo that reflects the beauty of this church at night, reflected in the lake. And an old Russian artillery shell casing that was transformed into a cup to hold the gift of life. That's what God does for us. He takes us when we feel like that there's nothing good about us, that we're ordinary and useless and transforms us into something beautiful. For it is God's love that gives our souls worth. And go with that truth as you go in peace and go in love. Amen.